excited to bring on another episode of Small Moment, Big Impact. Today, we're filming a little bit differently. Our guest today, Thea Patuhas, is a aerospace uh, engineer who's worked on amazing satellite projects uh, that have launched into orbit. I'm going to be having the opportunity to interview her and chat with her about some of the best rocket launches that bring satellites up into orbit and give us just these little things that we like. GPS coordinates, Sirius XM radio. So welcome to the show today, Thea. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So um, kind of just circle back in, in regards to uh, aerospace itself. How did you get into or what inspired you to get into aerospace and engineering? Well, the path to my career started uh, with my desire to be an astronaut when I was younger. So I loved everything outer space related and I wanted to fly in the stars one day. And I also really loved math and science. Okay. So... My plan was to join the Air Force and become a pilot because most astronauts are military pilots. Yes. And, and at Stanford, uh, I majored in electrical engineering and I joined Air Force ROTC. Um, and that's what really kicks off my career in, in engineering. Wow. So, as, so you always knew that you wanted to get into this line of business just early on during your your time in your your understudies and just going through schooling, did you have any specific mentors that kind of really help lead the way or just uh, help you get into the right direction too at the same time? Yes, I did. Um, actually, in the military. Okay. Um, so, as I mentioned previously, I wanted to be a pilot, but unfortunately, I was not expected to be pilot training because I didn't pass the eyesight portion of the physical exam. So that was pretty disappointing to me, but it was also a turning point in my career because that's when I realized that the next step thing to going into outer space myself was to build space technology and send it into outer space. So when I joined the Air Force, I became a member of the Space Command, and I had several different mentors and higher-ranking uh, Air Force officers who really showed me the ropes in terms of satellite space technology and how it can make an impact on our society. It's almost like every child's dream. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting like these flurries of moments of just when I would watch astronauts uh, as a child and then really hearing what you're doing today and how you pivoted. That's like the amazing thing in life is that if you – come across a hurdle or a challenge, you didn't just quit. You actually pivoted and you said, hey, if I'm not going to be up there, I'm going to be able to help bring things, um, you know, all these objects and whatever you're working on to go up there into space itself too. Right, incorrectly. I really learned a very important lesson that if the path to fulfill in our dreams isn't always the way we originally planned, but that doesn't mean we can't get there. You know, even though I couldn't become a pilot, I really love what I do now. I have an exciting career. I never get bored. I'm always working on something new and interesting. And I just had so many amazing experiences, like integrating a satellite on a rocket, 
sitting in mission control, witnessing exciting rocket launches, and just designing and testing technology that truly makes a difference in everyone's daily life. Wow, so tell me a little bit about that, because that's really exciting to sit in mission control and actually see from start to finish a rocket actually launch. Um, can you share that experience with something that either recently or your most memorable rocket launch? So I designed the electrical subsystem for high-power satellites, and okay. it's the satellites that are being launched on rockets in outer space. And the satellites I've worked on provide cable service, internet, um, cell phone, tel- telecommunications, satellite radio. I'm sure you've heard of Sirius XM. I worked mm-hmm. on Sirius XM satellites. So satellites are used in our everyday lives. Anyone who uses technology at some point is using a satellite, even something as simple as the directions on our phone use GPS satellites. So um, I developed and tested the electronic systems for the spacecraft. I was also responsible for integrating the spacecraft onto the rocket okay. and then uh, sitting in mission control, like I mentioned earlier. So that's... Um, making sure that all the systems are ready for launch. And then after launch, I was responsible for orbit raising, which is navigating the satellite to its final orbit and also in-orbit operations, which is testing the satellite to make sure that it's functioning properly before it it sets off on its mission. So it's really been totally exciting, and I've had the wonderful opportunity to travel overseas um, to actually witness of rocket launches in person. Um, we purchased a lot of uh, proton rockets which launch out of Kazakhstan. Um, so I've been to Kazakhstan to um, integrate the satellite onto the rocket and do all the preparations for on-orbit tests. Wow. That's, uh, that's really yeah. seeing everything uh, through from just inception to actually getting uh, up there into uh, space. What is the most exciting part um, uh, about your your work that you could share? Well, I think the most exciting part would probably be the launch itself. Okay. You know, because it takes it takes um, anywhere from two to five years to actually design, test, and build a satellite and prepare it for launch. So when you're actually sitting there on the launch pad, ready to blast off into outer space, that's the culmination of hundreds of hours of and hundreds of people on a team coming together uh, to put their work into action. So it's really fulfilling to see that final step when you actually get to put your work into outer space and see it in action. Wow, that has to be an amazing feeling of uh, accomplishment. And once the the satellites are, are up, um, is it like constant monitoring or is it like a quarterly thing or you just check on them like they're, you're, they are your babies every single day, every single moment? Well, um, I worked at the company that just builds the satellites. Okay. So we, we launch it in outer space and we test it and then we turn it over to the customer. So it would be the internet or cable or telecommunication company that would be responsible for monitoring their own satellite. Got it. And then mm-hmm. they would con- they would contact us if they have problems or need some sort of troubleshooting or issue resolved. So uh, within the past years that you've worked in the industry, how many satellites would you say that are that are up in in outer space? Because I know for us who 
don't work in the industry, we always see some photos here and there of satellite imagery of other satellites, but we have no idea what's floating out there in uh, in outer space itself. Can you share with us a little on that? Uh, well, I don't know the exact number, but I would probably say hundreds, um, and that's just not satellites from my company alone, but satellites from other companies, satellites from research institutions, and also a lot of uh, military satellites from our country and other countries as, as well. So there, there are definitely a lot of things floating up there in yeah. outer space. The, the satellites that I build, uh, which are high-power satellites, are in what's called geosynchronous orbit. So they're very, very far away from the Earth. They're not in what's called low-Earth orbit, where the, the International Space Station is orbiting. So the geosynchronous orbits, that is how much more elevation above the lower, would you say? Well... That would depend on where you are within the orbit, because the orbit is an ellipse, it's not a perfect circle, so at some point, uh, at the apogee, it's very far away, and at other points, it's close to the Earth, so the, the elevation depends on where it is in the orbit. Oh, wow. I'm learning a lot just from our podcast and, and what you're sharing, so I really appreciate it. Um, so. It, it, so you have probably worked on lots and, and lots of projects and seeing uh, different projects that, that come up. And I'm, from what I'm understanding here now is that even just with Sirius XM radio, that is something that is, is a big project in itself to, to be launched out there into orbit. Are there any um, certain companies uh, out there that you see in the future that may be needing uh, airspace too at the same time, whether it be in different industries? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm not really sure. I know that there are a lot of um, current companies, you know, like basically every cable company like Xfinity, Comcast, um, also SiriusXM. You mentioned there's a company called Biosat, and also a lot of foreign companies mm -hmm. uh, that are sending telecom satellites into outer space. I think one thing for the future is uh, bringing internet to remote and rural areas. So there are a lot of uh, places that don't have, you know, hardline cable um, that are remote in rural areas where people want to have regular access to internet, but they don't have towers and infrastructure there. So that's where uh, future satellites are coming into play to provide uh, satellite service and internet and telecommunication service to these remote areas that are are not near, you know, big cities that have access to normal cable and internet. Wow! So that actually opens up a um, an additional e-commerce or commerce or goods uh, to completely rural uh, areas. Now that once they have internet service, telecom, and 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 everything else, so the what you're doing is when you actually launch these satellites for certain companies, then you're opening up uh, so much opportunity for areas that currently don't have those services right now. So that's a lot of impact throughout the world. Right, exactly. Um, and there are you know, a lot of places in the world that still don't have internet and a lot of the, the modern uh, technology that we're so used to here in this country. So there will be a big push, I think, in the future to provide those same services those remote areas. There are satellites that when they orbit the Earth, they move with the Earth. So they stay over the same parts of the Earth 
throughout the rotation. Mm-hmm. So it takes a network of satellites in different positions to provide a wider coverage area. So oh. companies are constantly, you know, launching new satellites to increase their network to provide a wider coverage area or what we call footprint on the Earth to provide service. So let's say fast forward to 2030 or 2040, year 2030, 2040, what would you kind of, since you're in the, the industry there, how many more um, satellites would be orbiting uh, around our Earth during that time? And is there a way that there could be too much? Well, in geosynchronous orbit, it's, it's kind of hard for there to be a traffic jam. Okay. Uh, and I get this question a lot because it's so far away and there's many, many, many miles and miles and miles between the satellites. So the chances of them actually colliding are very, very low. Okay. Um, that far out. But even so, you know, if we keep adding and adding over the years, I can see how that, inc- that chance could be increased if there are hundreds and hundreds of more satellites. But the cost to put something in space is so high. You know, it costs hundreds of millions of dollars to purchase a rocket and get the fuel, build the satellite, and launch it in outer space. But I think a lot of companies now are uh, basically renting transponder space on the satellite. So okay. you can have one satellite that's shared by multiple companies because each company is renting space on a transponder on that satellite. So I think in the future, instead of seeing a lot of more satellites being launched, I think that we're going to see a lot of more sharing of satellites where multiple companies uh, join forces to share a satellite and also share the cost of launching the satellite because that's one thing that hinders a lot of companies to put things in our space because they just can't afford it. Yeah, the barrier ent- to entry is just uh, far right. too high. So you'll see a lot more of the collaboration and that could even lead okay. lead to a lot of uh, uh, M&A work between certain uh, companies and industries so that they can uh, share in all the costs too. Like what we're seeing with a lot of the news agencies, a lot of that is kind of um, kind of merging, lots of mergers and acquisitions. So, wow, that's um, that's so interesting to see that uh, about the the space uh, itself. Where I thought that was a silly question, but I guess you get that question uh, asked all all the time. But it seems like hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars isn't isn't easy to come across or venture capitalists to raise and just get a satellite uh, up there. So, uh, thank you for sharing uh, about that uh, within um, your. Uh, your your business and it's amazing what you do because it it impacts so many people every single day. A lot of the times that we do take these things for granted, like for example, on our cell phone, we're traveling to a different area and we just turn on our Google Maps and instantly we know exactly where we're going. Back then, they had to have those little map books, and I used to see my parents kind of handle that. It with everything that's changing right now, uh, what would you uh, what would you say? that you see in the future of uh, satellite um, itself? Um, that's an interesting question. So I think that um, one thing that people are focused on is being connected all the time mm-hmm. and also getting a fast response. You know, in our society, we are very impatient. You know, when we perform an action on our phone or any piece of technology, we expect something to happen right away. You know, people don't want to wait. So I think that one focus of the future would be to speed up service 
okay. and also um, increase the amount of storage and increase the um, speed at which we can access that amount of storage um, because a lot of times there's a delay depending on how strong your signal is. I know all of us have experienced a time where in an area that doesn't have a strong phone signal and the internet is slow and sluggish. So I think that in the future, one, one focus is going to be speeding up that service and, and removing interruptions from service and increasing the speed at which we can access a lot of data. So, you know, our theme uh, for our podcast as we're wrapping up is small moment, big impact. And from just hearing your, your story and how you pivoted, um, if there was a um, someone who's listening to our podcast today and they're aspiring to be in, uh, you know, a dealing being an astronaut or a pilot or so, is there any words of wisdom or inspiration that you'd like to share to our listeners? Yes, I think my biggest piece of advice would be to embrace change. With technology, things are always changing. So as soon as you learn one thing, the next thing you know, it's different and it's something else. And in order to progress with technology, in order to always embrace it, you have to be open to change and open to learning new things constantly because nothing will ever be the same. Yeah. Wow. Change is constant. Well, thank you so much, Thea, for coming on to our Small Moment Big Impact uh, podcast today. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing all the, the information about space technology uh, and really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, appreciate it. Take care. Mm-hmm.